we know why we're trying to stick to something. It's just so mm-hmm. for our brains. It's, just, it's like our underlying why. Um, and really starting, another tip is to start to detach the work from the return. And um, that's hard for an eight who's kind of like pushing and I can relate to this and that, you know, sometimes when it comes to work, I have to, instead of thinking about the money I'll make on it, I have to think of, will this bring me joy? And it is really hard for me to shift that mindset. Um, it, it always pays off. So I don't know why I doubt it, but... <laughs> You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by a nutritional therapist, Cassie Knavel, and professional esthetician and makeup artist, Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. We are so happy to be covering the second part to our money mindset and the Enneagram episode today with our girl, Brie Firestone. And Brianna Firestone is the founder of the School of Betty, a platform that empowers women to create better relationships with their money, time, and energy so they can build financial freedom and lessen stress. And Brie has an incredible program called Fierce Finances that is launching in March. I highly recommend going and partaking of that course and being a part of it. She has cultivated an incredible community that is just so beautiful and so self-aware when it comes to kind of bettering our relationship with money. So I am just floored that she was able to join us for these two episodes of the podcast and dig into money mindset as it relates to our kind of core Enneagram type. And this week we're going to cover types six through nine. And if you haven't yet, make sure you check out last week's podcast, episode 91, which covers types one through five. And as always, this is Cassie here. I'm going to make the recommendation that you learn about all of the types and how they relate to money. My best guess is that you've got someone of every type in your life. And I think most of us do. And it's really helpful to learn about every single piece of the Enneagram. And if you're a brand new listener and you're thinking to yourself, what is this jazz about the Enneagram? We are spending the first quarter of this year really digging in and learning uh, deeply, taking a deep dive into the Enneagram, which is a personality assessment framework that has been incredibly impactful for um, for ourselves, Genevieve and I, and then for many of our guests on the podcast and uh, many of our friends and, and partners in life and business. And so we're excited to be bringing that to you. If you don't know anything about the Enneagram and you're new to the podcast, I would highly recommend starting at the beginning of this year and kind of taking a deep dive alongside us with our first episode of 2020 and uh, and get get in on the deep dive of, of the Enneagram with our girl, Jess Gertner, who is an Enneagram coach. But today we're excited to kind of 
put a cap on this conversation around money mindset and the Enneagram and discuss type six through nine with you. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Um, so the type six is the loyal guardian. They are extremely engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Their core fear is feeling fear itself or being without support, security, or guidance, being blamed, targeted, alone, or physically abandoned. Their core desire is having security, guidance, and support. And their core weakness is anxiety. So scanning the horizon of life and trying to predict and prevent negative outcomes, and especially those really worst case scenarios, and remaining in a constant state of apprehension and worry. And their core longing is you are safe. Man, I bet there's some money stuff here. (laughs) (laughs) So it wouldn't be shocking to hear that this money type is called securing. Uh So security (laughs) safe. And that, um, it sounds like this. Sometimes I am frugal, but sometimes I find myself splurging. I am a bit back and forth when it comes to money. I care about making good money because money brings me security, but sometimes I doubt the value of money. Even though I think it will bring me security, I don't seem to feel any less anxious. Ooh, ooh. I mean, that's a deep one. And underlying Mm -hmm. that security truly is just wanting to be grounded and relaxed, right? So sixes are in this space of um, wanting to like kick that, the anxiety and the stuff to the door. And so that's kind of what they're all always seeking. And it can come in the space of like sometimes being conservative with money, but doing the flip flop thing for sure. Mm-hmm. So what are some gifts of the, of the six? Well, they're actually very responsible with their money and they do a lot of research um, before purchasing. And because they like because they are responsible and they can flip-flop, it doesn't mean that they're not bad at budgeting. In fact, it means that they could actually thrive with having some of that structure. Um, A challenge, which can also be a little bit similar to a five, is that they act too late because they're like trying to be secure that they might miss out on opportunities, Mm. whatever that is. So it's like, you know, the fine line between FOMO and missing out on something. But uh, (laughs) yeah. 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 For sure. Um, this makes a lot of sense for some of the sixes that are in my life. Like some of the, I have a really healthy six in my life and she actually lives kind of the opposite of that challenge where I've seen her take leaps at things where she's like, she's had to accept I've done enough research. I will make a good decision around this, mm -hmm. even though I know it's an investment and she's had to just leap into it and lean into her intuition and the knowledge that she has. And I just, it's interesting seeing that sentence written out that way because I I remember being like you go girl like I'm so proud of you because I knew that was hard for her yeah you know I mean if if sixes are always in the space of um you know predicting the worst case scenario you will never take an action because it will be terrifying (laughs) yeah everything could go wrong in every situation (laughs) I mean money is so emotionally driven that that I mean getting down that rabbit hole it's like literally being left like penniless with nothing no clothes on your back like there's a lot of worst homeless I mean there's Mm -hmm. a lot of scenarios there that you can kind of go to in your brain and and that exercise there's just so much anxiousness and that cycle of anxiousness when it comes to life but money for sure yeah and that's what we learn growing up so it's not like 
a six is putting this on themselves, we rarely hear about individuals that just have abundance in their life. And if we do, it's from a negative lens Mm. of like, oh, look, they have a trust fund or money was easy for them or they were born with money. And it's just like really negative, like, ugh, they didn't have to work hard for it. And so I think I said this on the last episode of, you know, most of us want more money. We have this desire for more money, but we actually are judging people who have it. Mm-hmm. And so we... Like, what do they even do on I, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. if, we're, if we're digging into, like, my first ever foray into, like, you are a badass or you are a badass at making money with Jen Sincero. Yeah. Um, excellent book. books. Highly recommend them. But, you know, one of those big real like realizations that I had about my childhood was that exactly the sentence you just said is what I was told my whole life that like it was so clear that my family wanted to make more money. But people who made money were bad. Yes. And I was just like, oh, God, like (laughs) that's been something to unlearn massively. Yeah. Because I don't want to be bad, but I really want to make money. (laughs) Yeah. So we only learn we learn lack mentality around money. Mm-hmm. And so for a six to just constantly be like spinning around in this like worst case scenario, that happens for a lot of individuals because that's what we learn. Mm-hmm. We learn that you're just going to be destitute and everything's going to fall apart because of money. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. just not really, it's not because of the money. It's because of your actions and your hashtag life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> real life. Hashtag real life. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yes. So what are some yes. mindful practices and advice for sixes? Um, well, I always when it comes to like big purchases for a six, like do your research ahead of time so that when something pops up, you can actually act pretty quickly and not feel scared that you're like gonna miss out or you're not getting the best deal. Or um I like to use this example around when we have Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals, everyone kind of loses their their marbles is like, oh my gosh. But it's, if you have things in your life, like I know we're going to need a washer and dryer soon or some bigger purchases, do your research ahead of time. So you know the type that you want, you know what it costs regular. So you can better decide in those moments when a sale is happening, you have a limited time to make a decision of what is a deal for you and what feels worth it or not. And so Mm -hmm. you won't like miss out on it. Um, I think for six is two to think through time and energy benefits along with the money value instead of only looking Ooh. at the cost. Yeah, is really yeah time and energy. important mm-hmm. Because this presents itself a lot for many individuals, but that's, you know, feeling bad to like order your groceries online or mm-hmm. seek help to help clean your house. Cassie, I think that's has popped up in yep. our conversation last time. Yeah. And I see a lot of this in my husband too. So my husband's a nine. So he moves Mm -hmm. towards six in stress. Mm. And I see a lot of this money behavior in him during that time. It's like, no, 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 we can't spend it. If we spend it, we'll never have it again. Like really seeking security and like acting extremely frugal. Yes. Well, if money is only one type of currency. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, And the thing, the times where we've made the choice to actively exchange that kind of, okay, this makes sense for us to spend a little bit more money to get back that time and energy. Um, you know, he'll be the first one to say we need to do something in that capacity, especially when it benefits me and my time and my energy. Cause he knows mm-hmm. my earning potential is mm-hmm. insane. Um, which is wonderful. And he's always been extremely supportive of that. But when it comes to like meeting the needs of our family, when it comes to business, he's like, do it. But when it comes to our family, like grocery shopping or home cleaning or the mindset hang up for him is always, well, you know, like, you know, 
the value is is off and I'm like well no I don't need to spend this time and energy cleaning my house yeah someone else yeah. to do it it's too cheap I'm doing it yeah <laughs> so and that it, the value presents differently for him than it does for me totally and I think another way to um kind of shift gears on that you know mindset of like the worst case scenario is like what could go right mm-hmm. Ooh, I love that Cause that is, we're so, but my dear, what if you fly? I know we're so good at like imagining and it's all make-believe, right? Yeah. Nothing has truly happened. We are making up stories. And so if we can, if we can imagine the worst case scenario, we can also imagine like the best case scenario. And so that is a good shift for a six who's naturally kind of going down the rabbit hole of freaking mm-hmm. themselves out to actually think about, mm-hmm. you know, what could go really, really well. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah. the advice that we got from a fellow six was learning to look at my numbers. Mm. <laughs> this oh. is what he said. And he said, facing up to the fear, I always have that I'm doing it wrong and that others can do it better that I do understand something and can't understand it. Um, or that I don't understand something and I can't understand it. Um, and just kind of letting go of that and facing the fear every day is a personal triumph. So like even looking at his numbers, he said, felt like a personal triumph every day. Not even like oh. being smart with money, just knowing what's going on. Yeah. That makes a lot of this sense. This is common because, <laughs> mm-hmm. because we've given money so much power to freak us out every single moment, looking at our numbers, all of a sudden it's just like this swirl of emotions. Instead of just looking at it, it's like what it is. It's just a number. Mm-hmm. And because of six is going back and forth too, and it comes to that money, you know, there could be a tendency to like stick to the budget and then go off course and then get back on the budget or whatever it is. And just trusting that you always know what's best for you and that you can't fail. And, you know, being in that progress, not perfection kind of space is, is really helpful. But yes, facing really similar to the ones. Yeah, there Mm -hmm. is. Well, because we encompass everything in the Enneagram, it's, Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people probably resonate with (laughs) all all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially the six with money. Hey. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mantras. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about some mantras. Yeah. So for six, um, I always know what is best for me. Mm -hmm. Another good one is I can't fail. Yes, ma'am. Can't fail. And then another just as more general as the universe supports me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. I could use those. Yep. I'm going to put all those. Put all those in my <laughs> back pocket and I'm going to say all yeah. of them. Yeah. I don't have any trouble knowing what's best for me. I know that's true. <laughs> Number eight. That's an eight. We'll get into the eight. Okay. So type seven is the entertaining optimist. Love me some sevens. They are spontaneous, versatile, acqui- acquisitive, and scattered. And their core fear is being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited or bored or missing out on something fun. I am like thinking of all the money mindset things right now. (laughs) Um, Core desire is being happy, fully satisfied and content. And their core weakness is gluttony. So feeling a great emptiness inside and having an insatiable desire to fill yourself up with experiences and stimulations in hopes of feeling completely satisfied and content. And their core longing is to just know that you will be taken care of. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Right. So we love spontaneous sevens. 
and yeah. it can be a good thing and a troubling thing when it comes to our money. <laughs> so this money type is called optimizing. Money is very meaningful and important to me. I perceive all the possibilities that money can bring. Money gives me options and freedom. I hate to be boxed in, restricted, or trapped. I don't like to limit my spending or feel that I have to stay within budget, but I value savings for the options that it gives me. And deep down for optimizing is really this desire to appreciate what is right here in front of you rather than always thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. So there's always this kind of playful, like Peter Pan-ish, like going for the thing, but deep down. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah, but when in reality, it's like I would love to just feel okay in the moment. Yeah. And what's around me. Yeah. Oh, man. I have many seven friends mm. <laughs> who I see this in for sure. One of the gifts I wanted to to just bring up that I really see in my friends who are sevens is like just boss manifestation. They are so, it's kind of tapping into that foresight too. Like yeah. they're so creative and if they want something, they will absolutely get it. And most sevens that I know have an extremely high earning potential because of that like optimism and spirit that they have Mm -hmm. and I love that I absolutely love that and I envy that a lot too sometimes I'm like I can't be a wing seven it's so fun (laughs) yeah and the optimism to say like I can make money doing what I love right they don't Mm -hmm. necessarily put any boundaries around themselves A lot Um, of the sevens that I know have turned their like quote unquote hobbies, mm. which, you know, sevens never actually have hobbies. They just monetize their hobbies. Right. Um, (laughs) Their their jobs, you know, like all the sevens I know. (laughs) They also don't want to like look at it as a job either. So um, at least that's been kind of my personal experience. So I tend to the sevens in my life tend to have like many, many hats that they wear Mm -hmm. and they've monetized all of them. Yeah. And I mean, challenges to that for a seven could be taking pretty big risks without really thinking through the options. So Mm -hmm. like the spontaneous fly by the seat of your pants. Um, And because they want to be free, there can be this perception that budgeting means less freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually the opposite, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of a mindset shift that um, would be challenging for a seven. But to start to think by budgeting, it actually gives me more freedom in my life. But because they just like live free anyways, regardless of the outcome, um, they're like, well, I'm living it. So I'm living life, man. (laughs) Budget, YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've got a lesson from a fellow seven here. She said, I never really paid attention to where my money went and it's ridiculous how much money I burned through just to have a good time and have fun. I never saved. I probably could have had 20K in liquidity if I had focused and had some order or discipline. And she really, she said she really regrets that. (laughs) So it's been, and I was like, well, it's just a learning experience. And now she's got, you know, that level of liquidity, which is pretty amazing, but it took her a really long time to kind of fix that that relationship, that mindset around, you know, you know, having control of your money and knowing where it's going and, and finding that freedom actually can be really fun too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I can't remember which, um, which number is more of the childhood wound that feels like they, um, weren't able to be a 
kid. Like they weren't able to. It's seven eight. and eight in mm, some yeah. capacity, but eight's the one that had to grow up quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's from being blindsided. Whereas mm-hmm. often a seven, it has to do with some level of, of trauma, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, we all have our, our stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. so part of that, how it shows up, especially for sevens can be this mindset around, um, Budgeting and managing my money is grown-up stuff, and I wasn't able to be a kid. I want to still be a kid. Yeah. So it can mm-hmm. be this, like, um, pushback on it just because it's it's fighting against... I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some mindfulness practices for a seven that can be super helpful is, um, let's think about, you know, there can be this spontaneous drive to purchase, and so just putting some spaciousness between your purchases especially if it's a big thing and I, you know, say one to three days, like if you still want it and you're still feeling good about it, great. Otherwise, that's enough time if you were in the heat of the moment and we're just about to YOLO $500 away, it'll kind of help you um, determine if that was really worth it to you or not or something that you really wanted. Um, and focusing on one goal at a time. So sevens can have a tendency to be a little bit scattered. Um, to just like all the things happening. And if we can just give some focus on one thing at a time, it'll, it's like just enough structure without feeling too much structure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That's nice. I feel that. So what are some mantras for a seven? I can be free within constraints and maybe constraints isn't the right word we want (laughs) to use, but (laughs) they're like, you. they're like, hell no, that is stupid. I'm not using that one. Um, money loves structure Ooh. and it, oh. it's a, it does love structure. Our money wants a job. Our yeah. money doesn't like what to it, fly by the seat of its pants. Yeah. <laughs> My money needs me, needs a job. What about, needs something to do. what about I love money and money loves structure. So I love structure. Like, yes. Right. That's a good one, Cassie. I like, I like it. that. Yeah. Okay. Add that to something I need to hear too. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> it's fine um it's fine (laughs) another one is i am grounded in my money practices okay so just to kind of get some anchor anchor Mm -hmm. in there and feel a little bit more grounded um and with all of these you know we want to use we want to use the gifts to our advantage and we also just want to most of those we can leverage those gifts as a way to um work around the challenge and Mm -hmm. so if, if sevens are kind of spontaneous and out there and feel like really free, we also want to like, how do we like get some groundedness in there around the money? Yeah. So good. That's so cool. Okay. Type eight. I'm ready. I think. Hey, hey let's do it. <laughs> type eight is the protective challenger. It me. Um, self-confident, <laughs> decisive, willful, and confrontational. I don't like that. Core fear is being weak, powerless, harmed, controlled, vulnerable, manipulated, and left at the mercy of injustice. It's even hard for me to say that. (laughs) It's hard for me to say that. Um, Same feelings. The core desire of an eight is um, protecting themselves and those in their inner circle. The core weakness of an eight is lust or excess. Um, and this is not always as people think it is. Mm-hmm. So constantly kind of desiring intensity, control, power, and really pushing yourself willfully on life and um, people in order to get what you desire. So sometimes that lust and excess is like people look at it as like sexually mm-hmm. or, but I mean, this is where like the spending piece really comes in. 
<laughs> seriously. Yes. Um, the core longing of an eight is you will not be betrayed. So what is our money type? I don't know this. <laughs> so the money type. So you said in some of those core weaknesses, pushing came out as one of the words. So the money type for eights is exerting. And that is, I want what I want. I believe that through hard work, I can get what I want. Rather than pull back my spending, I'd rather go out and make more. I am proud of my role as a provider. I may make a lot, but I spend a lot as well. Ooh, I was violently nodding my head. That was <laughs> like, yep, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am. And really, when we talk about it's hard for eights to be vulnerable and kind of, you know, pull back that layer of, of sensitivity, um, underlying the money type of exerting is really this deep desire to be attuned and to have sensitivity and be vulnerable. So is that is that all resonating with you, Cassie? It's way too much. <laughs> I would like, like to I'm move on. I'm just going to go take a break. <laughs> you guys can finish. Okay. Yeah, just take a break. Uh, um, well, I'm curious if Jenny feels it too, because as a two, in stress, mm. we go to eight, and I can totally relate to these when mm. I think of moments in my life when I was just living in a big stress ball, and we were laughing Which earlier. Which like all of my like, finances. Can you do that for years? Because I maybe was there. <laughs> uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I remember when I was first like newly on my own, when I first moved out of my parents' house, I think I was 19 and it the th- this, all of this, like, I, I mean, I was, I was definitely in this place of like, I want what I want, um, but I'm going to work hard. But guys, like there's only so much energy you have and capability, especially at that time in your life. And what are you talking like, about? I'd rather go I'm out invincible. and make more. I mean, I had, I had three jobs. I worked three jobs yep. at that time and I was stressed out. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And I remember just being so, um, I felt out of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be vulnerable for a hot minute. Just a hot minute, y'all. Um, I feel like I'm just moving as a two wing three. I feel like I've been an eight for years and I'm just now starting to feel that four which is yes. where I am when mm-hmm. I'm feeling like an alignment and mm-hmm. um, how it presents in money is just really fascinating. <laughs> I know I was listening really hard to that type four description we were doing. I was, go- I was, I'm going to go back through those notes. Yeah. Like, well, I think it's really okay. interesting to look at the number you move toward in growth and then look at the corresponding gifts of that type yeah. when it comes to money yes. and see that because when you were describing the gifts of a two, in money, I feel that deeply. That's Cassie. Generosity 100%. is extremely important mm-hmm. to me. And most mm-hmm. of my desire outside of like my main desire of, of making a lot of money is not in a lot, not allowing basically like circumstances to control me. Right. There's, I don't want people, but I also don't want circumstances to control me. Um, so autonomy, basically I want to protect everyone I love and take care of them. And then third is I want to give like ferociously. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yes. I want to give a lot. That word. And so that word ferociously. That's yeah. No, I feel it being loved by Nate. I feel well, it. Well, that's like, the exerting part of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give hard. <laughs> like, it's it's I awesome. Do, that's how like, I do everything. 
So, yeah. So I think, you know, for those of you who are kind of walking through this with us as you kind of obviously dig into like your your core type, go and look at how you feel around those numbers that you move to in stress and in security Mm -hmm. and where you see kind of those money behaviors picking up. Because I definitely like, again, obviously we talked about it throughout the course of this episode, but the two and the the five really, really deeply resonate for me. And I think the wings too. But for me, it's the my relationship with money is less about wings it's more for me it's more about that stress, stress and security and space yeah which makes a lot yeah, of sense in how we kind yeah. of exist and move around money and feel around money so yeah yeah well yeah. gifts of an eight which i'm sure you um experienced cassie and i actually remember you saying this gosh it was probably one of your really really earlier ones around your enneagram where you're saying i was the first one on the playground to call out a bully Oh, whoever yes. it was, I would call them out on it. And yes. when it comes to our money, it's eights are great at negotiating, asking mm-hmm. for what they want, not afraid to call out a mistake on a bill. Yeah. Whereas some other numbers were like, uh, well, that's not really right. But I like don't want to, I don't want confrontation. Like maybe not. <laughs> and nine. I'm over here like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, yeah. of course you're going to call them this out. This is wrong. You're yeah. fixing This is an it. injustice. Yeah. Every time I've <laughs> negotiated for more money in a job, which I mean, hasn't been, I haven't had that many opportunities because most of my life it's either been working in kind of a minimum wage position where I make tips as a server mm-hmm. um, or as a partially as a salaried employee as a pastry chef. And that was the only time I ever negotiated. And I was ready to walk away. I literally was like, you're going to give me this or I'm going. And, and you cannot do this without me. Go ahead and try. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what was said. And I got what I wanted. <laughs> and, I, and I just love it so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think it's, it's one of those. Yeah, we definitely have that ability to negotiate. Um, I have a friend who's an eight who um, wanted to add to this conversation. And he said, as an eight, I see myself as a master of my own destiny. So I, as I became an adult, I always felt very in control of my money and never had any concerns about it. I always believed that if I needed money, I would find a way to get it. And I can definitely resonate with that. Yeah. And that independence is huge, especially for women to feel independent and secure around your money is it's a game changer. And I would say the majority of the women that I run across in our, in my programs don't feel that way. And Mm -hmm. so to have that assuredness is really, is really powerful. Yeah. I feel that when I'm in a healthy place, when I'm not, it's not, it's definitely not like that. Yeah. (laughs) So what are some challenges us eights can experience? I'm sure I know exactly what you're going to (laughs) say. Yeah, for sure. Well, Challenges um, is that you can often spend as much as you make. So when you think about Parkinson's law, whether that's your time management or um, this shows up as you continue to make money or more money in your life. And you're always like, oh, if I just get that next raise, then I'll be able to like save more. And then what happens is you just end up spending more. Yes. Um, so that can definitely get in the way of um, a challenge for an eight and sometimes can have an all or nothing mentality around that. So mm-hmm. does that resonate? I definitely feel that. Yeah. I mean, that deeply resonates for me. I tend, one of the things that we struggled with when there was a lack was kind of this concept of living paycheck to paycheck, even mm-hmm. after like kind of our little nest egg that we have saved. Mm-hmm. I There's the amount of money I'm making. There's absolutely no reason for us to be doing that. <laughs> 
like even with yeah. the level of debt that we have but yeah. it's still something that I have to really consciously make a choice to be have my hands on it and and have to tell myself you know this is something I really have to be careful of because it is very easy for me to just lean toward that lust or excess piece mm-hmm. when it comes to spending and just literally spend as much as I make it's very yeah. easy for me to do and, and um, that's where I go when I'm stressed a little <laughs> money, note, money, money. <laughs> little note as far as challenges go from a fellow eight and this fellow eight might be me um <laughs> it says after getting married which I was 19 by the way so just know that mm. um I often refused to talk about money in any concrete way because it felt as if my partner was trying to control me by not allowing me to spend money when Ooh. I saw fit and Ooh. of course my husband knows me he would never try to control me <laughs> but that was how I saw it um yeah. any conversation around budgeting meant I didn't have a handle on things it meant I was not in control Um, Mm. and so it took us a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like within the last three or four years that we've really gotten into a healthy place with this. And even then I see myself dipping into that behavior. I'm like, I've got it. Like, don't worry about it. (laughs) I'm in control. Um, but I really like denied that I had a problem with managing money at all and kind of refused to see as it a barrier in our relationship. And that, like serious, like lust and intensity when it comes to money, I definitely resonate with that. Like if I want it, I will get it. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny because, you know, I'm there, I'm an eight in those times of stress. And if my husband comes to me or maybe it's around money or anything and it's, I feel like he's questioning my um, authority on something or my knowledge. I'm like, oh, hell no. And I just, I like, I shut down and turn into this stubborn monster. (laughs) Well, and it's also as being a two, it feels like criticism and you're like, are you criticizing me? Like, especially you, <laughs> poor guys. Like, why is this happening? I don't understand what just clicked in your brain to like kick you into this. It's, it's also it's like a moment where you're like, how dare you ask me a question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's real. And when you look back, when you look at it, it's really absurd. But it is. It's still like muscle memory for me is to get defensive when my husband asks me a budget question because like mm. I pay all of our bills. I set our budget and. I have a lot of strength in doing that. There's a lot of good reasons to have me do that. Um, but there's been a few moments where he's like, do you want to just turn this over? And I was like, I think I would implode if I did that. Like I literally would implode. <laughs> yeah. It might be a good yeah. exercise in the future, but okay. Give me some <laughs> mindful practices, Brie, cause I need them. Well, I think you're doing a great job. Um, mindful practices for an eight. So this kind of leads back to, um, that underlying money type of exerting with this desire to just be attuned and sensitive is to actually start to create space where you can do that with your money. So I think a money date for an eight is super powerful and important, whether that's like 10 minutes a week or whatever it is that you just are starting to allow yourself to tap into some of the emotions around your money, because often that is so closed off and you just are in this space of logic. You're trying to be in this space of logic because you're like refusing to be in the vulnerable space. Mm-hmm. Does, that re- does that resonate? Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was one of those things yes. that, that we really took as a couple from uh, the conversation that you had with us in episode 66. It was, you know, finding, creating space to, to make the conversation around money, just like, just start dabbling with it and try, you know, to find ways to make it kind of fun. So, 
I we've kind of made we have a money date and my husband was like let's go out to like a nice dinner and I'm like no I can't spend a hundred dollars while we're having a money date <laughs> like I can't do that <laughs> I feel so I was like let's go to a, a, our favorite coffee shop and yeah. spend 15 yeah. and then have a conversation yeah because <laughs> I just I'm like I'm gonna feel immediately irresponsible it doesn't matter how much money I have I just I can't spend and talk about money in the same like mm. breath I can't do it so that was an interesting that's a good thing challenge that, for you to try that, yes that came out <laughs> I know right I will release it and it will come yeah back. it's gonna come back it's going into circulation yeah um <laughs> more mindfulness practices um actually this is I didn't put this on our list but actually having a plan or a vision so that you know how you want to use your money or how you want your money to work for you. So as you do make more money, you don't fall into that space of spending more so that it actually is helping you, um, create those boundaries. And, and we want the boundaries are easier when we know why we're doing it. So if we know why we're trying to stick to something, it's just so Mm -hmm. for our brains, it's like our underlying why, Um, And really starting, another tip is to start to detach the work from the return. And um, that's hard for an eight who's kind of like pushing and I can relate to this. And that, you know, sometimes when it comes to work, I have to, instead of thinking about the money I'll make on it, I have to think of, will this bring me joy? Mm -hmm. And it is really hard Mm -hmm. for me to shift that mindset. Um, It it always pays off. So I don't know why I doubt it, but. (laughs) Yeah. I, I really resonate with that. And that's something that I've actually only been able to start doing recently. Mm-hmm. And like just leaning into pursuing like the food blogging piece of my business, that's not going to pay me for a very long time. And yeah. I had to get into a space where I was like, oh, no, no, like the joy is in the process. And I think yeah. that's so much of you know, all of the conversations that we had around like the type three and finding joy in the work that you're doing and value in the actual like process and the day to day rather than just in the result. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I always have to work on as well. So yeah, yeah, this is in the return on investment space, right? Like that's kind of the mentality there. It's it's, it's very hard for me to do work that doesn't pay me. I yeah, don't want to do it. The ROI is not always a tit for tat. But I mean, it's, this is one of the reasons know? why being in, you know, direct sales with Beauty Counter has been so impactful for me because I look at any ounce of work as the 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 possibility of an infinite return because that's how it happens. And mm-hmm. so that has kind of taught me this like process of putting the energy out and believing that it will be returned in, in, you know, a hundredfold possibly. And it might not manifest in a week and it might not manifest in a year, but in 10, boy, it's going to be there. So yeah. it's having that faith in that process. And then just kind of, you know, bringing that mindset shift over to the other aspects of my work that I want to do and just seeing that same thing to be true as far as like putting yourself out there. And that's that me also coming out of a place of stress where I'm like managing my, my energy as a five where I'm like, Nope, you're going to deplete me. This job Mm -hmm. that doesn't pay me is going to deplete me. And then Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have the time and effort to do the job that doesn't deplete me, you know? So, and, and detaching that relationship of depletion with money coming back to me. It's yeah, it's a whole Oh, it's like leaning into your your growth trajectory. Yep. It's like uh, as a two, a lot of times we're literally it's it's almost like this faith jump mm-hmm. of just give and you know and don't it's expect like, anything I could see back. That being, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because it requires you to be more vulnerable. And I think when you're in that, at least for me, when I'm in a space of stress and an eight, vulnerability, like the door gets shut. I'm like, bye. We're not dealing with it right now. I will control this. It's fine. Yep. That yeah. is that's how I, my that's what I think. life every day. I got that. <laughs> Welcome to me. Yeah. God, I feel that so much. Oh, I'm stressed. Okay. I don't, nobody tell me what to do. Yeah. So what are some mantras for, for us eights? Mm. Um, so one is I don't need to work hard to be strong and appreciated. Mm. That's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the um, the stressed out eight in me is like, oh, that's I'm like, like a actually that's one. not true. <laughs> um, and these two I'm actually going to um put together, and that is um, money always flows to me, and money is easy mm-hmm. because of that exert and that push, that kind of drive to make things potentially hard. Um, to be able to relax into that spaciousness of that it can be easy, can be um, tricky sometimes for, for AIDS. Or all of the time. Or everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yep. That was guttural. Let's move on to a nine. So type cool. nine is the peaceful mediator. They are receptive, reassuring, complacent, and resigned. Core fear is being in conflict, tension, or discord, feeling shut out or overlooked, and losing connection with others. Their core desire is having inner stability and peace of mind. Their core weakness is sloth and remaining in an unrealistic and idealistic world in order to keep the peace. They remain easygoing, and they're not to be disturbed by your anger. (laughs) Um, falling asleep to their passions and abilities, desires, needs, and worth by merging with others. Mm. And their core longing is to be told your presence matters. Mm. Oh, nines, your presence really matters. Yes. Like so a much. Lot. Oh my gosh. All the nines I know are like these powerhouses. They don't even know. Oh my God. Yeah. But they don't know. They really they don't. don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what's the money type for a nine? So money type for a nine is settling. Which might be a little triggering for some to hear that. Um, like, ah, <laughs> yeah. my husband. So money <laughs> is for comfort. Money doesn't validate me. I don't want to strive too hard or get too worked up about investing, managing, and making money. Having money is fine, but I do not want to stress out about it. And so that deep underlying drive for settling is that desire to shine and really be in dynamic flow of life. So mm. just in that easygoing um, alignment, actually, right? So that's how the settling can come up because it's like, oh, this flow feels good. And we know when we move into growth space or are striving to do something big and better, it can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for nine, that's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's a no. Yeah. Yeah. And so gifts actually they feel very content with what they have mm-hmm. and they they're in this space of being really mindful about the abundance that's currently around them. Mm-hmm. And that is a rarity oh, that's in our consumer consumerism driven world. I mean, sure. my husband is the king of he's kind of hard on his stuff, but boy, he will keep it and keep it and use it and duct tape it and keep using it like I mean it's amazing to me and I have to look at him and be like needing new shoes matters I will buy you new shoes yeah (laughs) your needs are important your presence is important and mm-hmm. the really interesting thing is that over the years, I've seen a huge shift in mindset around like how my husband dresses. 
because he never valued placing like putting money into his appearance because he didn't believe at his core that his presence mattered <laughs> and I and that's been like I we just started talking about this and I, he was just like ooh I don't like that I don't want to talk about I that. was gonna say he probably was like that's not, but I that's mean not, it, it no. wasn't until he became a teacher where he felt like you know oh yeah, my presence does matter because of what I'm doing for these kids. And he still has a hard time finding identity in the like, I'm doing this. He mm-hmm. is, you know. Um, and so it wasn't until he had to have a job in which he had to present himself well. And his argument for presenting himself well and spending money on clothes, which he still, again, still struggles with, is to have peace and calm in the classroom. Because yeah. if he dresses the part, he has the control. He has good classroom management and his kids respect mm. him. Mm. Ooh, so he wears a tie uh-huh. every day in an effort to avoid conflict. Ooh. Like how deep is that? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's so meta. Sorry, Josh. Like, just broke you down on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I like relating that to the money side of things has been really interesting because something clicked for him as soon as there was a purpose or a reason behind that that didn't have yeah. to do with him. He, then oh he gosh. would spend money on that thing. It's it fa- makes, absolutely it, fascinating. It makes so much sense, too. <clears throat> like that clicks in my brain. Gosh. Yeah. Um, challenges for nines can be not necessarily speaking up more or being in that space of settling for what it is. So, you know, that could show up as like not really negotiating a raise or being like, oh, it's fine. Like I make enough, like kind of just being okay with the status quo or mm-hmm. – um, and they can often be not much of planners when it comes to finances and be a little mm-hmm. more flexible. Does that sound yeah. like your husband? Yes. <laughs> um, this is a, so a quote from one of our fellow nines who is not my husband, by the way. Um, I did not ask him Caveat. to offer a quote for the podcast. Uh, they said, financial security has sometimes lulled me into not paying attention to work in the world that I needed to do or changes that I needed to make. So almost avoidance and kind of treating money like it's a conflict to be avoided, uh, which I th- is so interesting. And I see that I see that in my relationship with my husband because I make conflict out of money <laughs> like mm-hmm. when it doesn't need to be. And he's um, like, no, even no. when we're in abundance. <laughs> so poor guy, he doesn't even bring it up anymore. Um, we have to actively bring it up in our money date. But um, but you have a money day. Yeah, I see. I see a lot of nines really struggling to charge what they're worth because they don't see their presence as mattering. So like when we kind of relate that back to entrepreneurship, um, finding a fair price for what they're offering is very difficult. I've seen for nines and they often undercharge unless they've just undercharged for so long that they're kind of in that rebellious phase where they're like, Nope, I'm doing it. I'm finally charging what I'm worth Yeah, Um, yeah. because they just don't see what they offer and, and the deep value that comes with that. So, Mm -hmm. and that avoidance is so common because Mm -hmm. you know how we mentioned earlier, we learned this lack mentality around money growing up. Most of us do. We also learn that money is hard and uncomfortable and stressful. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't want to even talk about money, even if it could be this lovely conversation, because we're taking past what we learn and putting it onto the present to say, oh, this is how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And our brains go towards pleasure and away from pain. So if that's something we're perceiving is going to be painful, we're like, I'm out of here. I'm going to do everything I can to not even like have to deal with this money thing. 
Mm. And that can be great in moments to like not stress, but it can be at a detriment of just like total avoidance and not like having some of the hard conversations or paying attention to your money at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm seeing this overarching theme between all the types. Yes. Is, I mean, it, we've heard this before. It's just kind of avoidance or not looking at it or, you know, and I think we see such of the um, the evidence of the motivations. And I think that's where this is so valuable is that the nines can see the clear, distinct difference between the nine and then the two because they're hearing about their motivations mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. So that way they can look at it more clearly, even though they don't want to, you know, they don't want to look at it because they're just like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. And, but learning about that core motivation, I think, can be so important for being able to move past it and get into those mindful practices that you're talking about and things. Mm. It's just so important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of the, I think, most powerful practices for a nine is because they're in this space of not wanting to rock the boat and just kind of wanting to float and do the thing is when decisions are popping up, it doesn't necessarily have to be with money. It could be you know, you need money to do a thing like, should I buy these clothes or I'm okay with the shoes that have holes in them kind of thing (laughs) is asking yourself, you know, is this coming, is this my high self or is this my low self? In those moments Mm -hmm. when you're making decisions, you will always know it will be just an immediate reaction to yourself of like, oh, that's low self. And if it is low self, we know we always want to try to be in the space of high self. And so it's just a nice kind of filter to help drive a nine to make decisions that are benefiting them, especially around their money, so that they kind of break free from that um, complacency of just like, I'm okay with the status quo kind of thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are their mindful practices mm-hmm. for nines? Um, I would say making sure that they have some structure around their spending. Um, So creating a plan that allows them to make steady progress on their goals. Mm -hmm. And um, when we talk about creating a structure for spending, you've heard me say this a million times, is having that money date and actually really starting to just think more positive around that money date. And it could be playing like your favorite song while you're looking at your money. Um, and saying nice things. So one of the biggest tricks is like treat your money like a human relationship that you care about. Mm -hmm. And so if you can start to do that, it's going to feel less of something that's like painful and it's going to be easier to interact with it. Yeah. And nines care about their relationships a lot. Yes. A lot. So another little note that I got from a fellow nine was um, for kind of a practice was just really paying attention to your finances regularly and just not letting the bills and numbers intimidate you into checking, like into not checking in with your finances. So just avoiding that space of avoidance, really. Um, and and thinking of avoiding that information is truly disempowering. And eights do not like to be disempowered, even though they don't necessarily believe that their presence matters. They do love that autonomy mm-hmm. that is really important to a nine. And I see that a lot in in my partner and um, in myself as an eight wing nine. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Mantras for nine is I love money and money loves me. Mm-hmm. Love it up. I'm love just trying to imagine Josh saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, money when works in my say repeat after me. <laughs> <laughs> you could write it in lipstick on the bathroom mirror and I think he'll enjoy that. I'm not going to waste perfectly good lipstick. That's that. true. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I have right, even though I have more than lipstick than I could ever want in my life. (laughs) She's like, I will get dry erase marker. Okay, 
Um, another mantra is money works in my favor. So just really starting to be in that place of money is a good thing that is always supporting me. Mm-hmm. And a final one is um, ask and I always receive. So that we get mm-hmm. into that space of like being okay to ask. That's not a scary yeah. thing. It doesn't create conflict. Mm-hmm. Even making your needs known as a nine is is difficult. So yeah. even coming at a more positive space around asking for what you need is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This I, was... I feel so much similarities to nines. Like it took me a while to really pinpoint <laughs> that I was a two, not a nine or like two, three, nine, like in that realm, because there's so much of me in all of those mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm, when I started learning about nines, I said, okay, so what's my motivation behind avoiding this or not asking for that? And it, that's where I learned the difference. And so I think for nines, it's all about really checking in with yourself that high low self I loved that so much Mm. yeah you know high low self where is this decision coming from like why do I feel like that is this a high low self situation and like Like, in mm. in relation to the Enneagram like is it coming from my stress place or my growth place yeah Mm -hmm. right and having those gifts in mind and challenges in mind right challenges of your stress type and and gifts of your your growth type I think that would be really interesting so yeah Gosh, we went deep. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Long oh, one. so fiery. I love, I love, love, love your approach. Thank you for just being here for this conversation and, and offering your time to our listeners. I know they already love you so much and you're always welcome to be back on the podcast. I'm sure we're, this is just going to make us think of 10 more things we need to talk about. Probably, <laughs> but that's fun. Yeah. We always and have so much fun. We are all about repeat guests on this podcast. It just is, it's how we roll. We like our, our little core, our core group of humans. So we appreciate you. So Brie, tell (laughs) us what you have coming up. I know you have a couple Mm -hmm. of launches coming up and you're going to be opening up your course again and some words about a a retreat situation. So can you share about that yet? Uh, yeah, we can share it. So my main course, Fierce Finances, that will be, I open doors probably every couple months. So the next session is going to be in March. And that is my eight week group coaching. It's got some one-to-one time with me. And really that is, we're going to take your finances from hot mess to feeling like really good. So we're going to eliminate that money stress, help you pay off debt and really help you move your money in a way that works for you. Mm-hmm. And it's my biggest course, my most successful course, and my ladies have so much um, progress when they do it. So that is coming up. Um, And I have a a retreat, the tropical retreat. I got real creative on that name. And um, that is going to be May 4th through May 9th um, in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. And I'm very excited because Especially for um, your women uh, or listeners who just need that space, it's really hard to find space in your in your day in your life to um, to be able to think, to find clarity about what you need, what you're desiring, what goals you want to go for, and so that's really what this retreat is all about. And I'm so excited because we're going to have my good friend Tandy from Unicorn Wellness who'll be doing our daily meditation. We'll be doing daily movement with like mat Pilates and yoga. And we are working really around doing some high self, low self mapping. So really Mm. starting to peel back the layers of who you are. We're going to be doing an Enneagram workshop so that you can really dive in. I know. Dive in and actually understand. You need to go to St. Thomas with our girls. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh. And we're going to amazing. We're going to use that info so that we can actually create goals mm-hmm. um and know yourself so that we can actually create a plan that's really in alignment with your strengths um and using your money, time and energy to get there. And so I am pumped about this as of this um, recording, I have six spots open for that, and you can find, we'll give you the link, you can find info on that. And um, yeah, and I think we might do a download for this amazing podcast that we just did, because there's a lot of info, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Jen, do you want to mark that really quick, actually? Yeah. Let's, um, Brie, do you just want to ad-lib what you want to provide and just act like it already exists? Totes. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what you want to do? <clears throat> mm. Yeah. Maybe just do the mantras. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do something simple. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. like a takeaway with mantras or something like that would be yeah. great. Do it just based on like the research you've already done. <laughs> yeah. We're also going to do a download from this episode so that we can outline all the different types, your Enneagram type, what your money type is, and you can also see the mantra. So really just a quick checklist. That's going to be really helpful when you're looking at, you know, where you go in stress, where you go in growth, and so that you can start to have some of the tools that can move you forward as you dive deeper into your Enneagram and your money. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh. Okay, so we I'm going to print that off and put it on my wall. Yes, we will share that information with you guys in the show notes. And then just in general, Brie, where can everybody find you? I am mostly on Instagram. That's where I play the most. Um, you can find me at the School of Betty. And my website is theschoolofbetty.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. We thank so appreciate you. This was like one of those days of my dreams. <laughs> As far as conversations go, <laughs> I love being challenged in a podcast recording where to like grow personally, like literally during the course of the episode. <laughs> it's an act in vulnerability, people. It's good for me. Um, yes. But Thanks yeah, I just, this is such an incredibly valuable conversation. And I feel like we really just scratched the surface. Everybody, make sure you go check out what Brie is doing. She is, um, from my perspective, like just such a big breath of fresh air in this um, kind of finance and money education community. And uh, really, if you're looking for an approach that really takes into account um, self-love, self-compassion, alignment, um, and really being one with self and goals when it comes to looking at your money, I think um, she's the girl for you. So we're so excited. Thank you, friends. Sure you check out her stuff, you guys. All right, just one last thing before we let you guys go. We officially have the freebie from Brianna. She is calling it the Enneagram and Money, Money Mantras and Actions for Each Money Type. This is going to be full of actionable tips specific to your type, and it is going to be in our show notes. So if you guys want to grab that freebie that is just for our Rebel Heart Nation, go to our show notes at www.rebelheartnation.com and check it out. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.